Welcome to Sweet Tea at D&D. I'm your host, Adrian. I'm Thomas. And I'm Zach. We timed that perfectly. Uh-huh, yep. <laughs> we claps, nailed it. Claps nailed all it. around. We got it. We killed it. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. We've synced our audio, and we're syncing our minds to this episode that we can get this done, because this is the second time we've recorded it. Oh, is that it? We're coming, in, we're coming in with a little more energy this time. Last time, like we were all a little down, but yeah, I've drank a lot of sweet tea. This is actually the second one I've had in the past hour. It is brought to mm. brought to you by the Lord's Chicken Chick Fil A. I don't <laughs> initially support them. I just it was on my way home. Sorry, I know. Um, but if that's the case, we, we can't watch we Disney do. shit anymore because they're also horrible. So yeah. Sorry, your child. Yeah, that's okay. Ruined. We we brewed a pot of coffee when we got home, so it was decaf, but mostly decaf. There's still a little was, caffeine in there. Yeah, it was whole bean. There's probably still some decaffeine. Yeah. All um, right. So, what are we covering today? Well, we've got uh, a little deviation from the uh, the monster manual. We're looking in Mordecai's Tome of Foes. On page 217 at the Oblex for our monster this week. The Oblex. Oblex? 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 Obla de Ubla da? I don't know where you're going with that. That's Numa Numa, my dude. That's Numa Numa, not Obe Obe. Close enough. Who cares? Obla di is at least the title of the song for the Beatles. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Sure. I'm hurt right now. It's it's all right. We weren't neither. You could probably a... you could probably throw out any ridiculous thing and tell me it was a title for a Beatles song, and I'd be like, okay, yeah, sure. I I don't Norwegian Wood. It, it wasn't on Tax my man. Beatles number one hit CD, which was basically all of the Beatles songs I know. That so. one was not a number one hit in any country, <laughs> so we're good. That was all right. <laughs> so, uh, what right. can we what can we get? What is the vibe of this Oblex? What does it look like? Can you give Oblex. me like a description? Mm, Oblex. It's a little gushy. Don't say gushy. <laughs> is it <laughs> moist? I mean, huh? It looks moist. It looks it moist. Oh, oh, I bet it's uh, yeah. moist. I, I don't think he has to worry about moisturizing, because he's quite wet. Just so wet. <laughs> so wet. So wet. By experimenting on the slimes, jellies, and puddings, you know what kind of experimenting we're talking about, that infests the depths of the Underdark, Mind Flayers created a special breed of ooze. The Oblex, a slime capable of assaulting the minds of other creatures, cunning hunters, these pools of jelly stalk prey, searching for the memories they so desperately crave. When Oblexes feed on the, those thoughts, sometimes killing their victims. It's a, you know, unfortunate afterthought, I guess. Uh, side effect. Side effect. They can form weird copies of their prey, which help them to harvest even more victims for their Dark Masters. Uh, the Oblex is a memory eater. Uh, they feed on thoughts and memories. The sharper the mind, the better the meal. So Oblexes hunt obviously intelligent targets such as wizards and other spellcasters. When suitable fare comes within reach, an Oblex draws its body up to engulf its victim. As it withdraws, it plunders the creature's mind, leaving its prey befuddled and confused. 
So does it like actually like slime over it? It's yeah, that's what Nickelodeon this? was doing the entire time. Oh. Was stealing intellect. There's some people they that slime ex- that didn't offer much of a meal. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in well, the nineties. Yes. I'm sure they're good for uh, uh, tricking other smarter people into Yeah, the... that's how they do it. Definitely. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> um, As an ooze, it doesn't require sleep. That's just, you know, Mordecai wants you to know that that ooze might look like it's sleeping, but it's not. Um... So, unlike the Monster Manual, Mordekainen, uh divides up its monsters into babies or spawn, in this case, and then adult and elder Oblexes. So, uh, we got three different blocks for them, but really the, the main difference is between the spawn and then the adult elder. Um, the spawn uh, devours memories not only to sustain its existence, but also to spawn new Oblexes. Each time it fully drains the memories of its victims, it gains the creature's personality, now twisted by the Oblix's foul, foul nature. The more memories an Oblix, uh, an Oblix steals, the larger it becomes until it must shed a personality it has absorbed or else go insane. This act spawns a new Oblix. So it sheds a personality, and that personality is like a new Oblex. Mm-hmm. Fun. Creepy. So it comes with a personality, unlike some of us. Yeah. Some of us have to work hard for that. Mm-hmm. Or just work on yeah, our figure but... when we're too tired of deciding to be humans again. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and sometimes some of us have too much personality and are kind of close to that insane one. We need to shed some. <laughs> <laughs> no, never. No, no, no. All right, for the adults, uh, newly formed Oblexes lack the capabilities of their older kin. They seek only to feed on memories and grow until they can impersonate their victims. Older Oblexes, called adults and elders, have eaten so many memories that they can form duplicates of the creatures they have devoured from the substance of their bodies, sending them off to lure prey into their clutches while remaining tethered to the slime by long tendrils of goo. These duplicated creatures are indistinguishable from their victims except for a faint sulfurous smell. Obluxes use these duplicates to lure prey into danger or to infiltrate settlements so they can feed on superior victims. Wouldn't you like to be known as a superior victim? I mean, that's the smart ones. It's kind of, I mean, big personality traits here. We all grew up being the smart ones, so... Did we? Okay. I did, at least. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Humble brag. All right. <laughs> Let's go. I'm not saying it was true or that it held. Just saying. Some of us had that forced on us as children. Some of us didn't pass the gifted and talented test. Oh, I didn't pass the gifted and talented test. I wasn't social enough. <laughs> but look at us who got PhDs and advanced degrees, bitch. <laughs> GNT program. Yep. I did not fail the social part. Um, I didn't take the test. <laughs> I wasn't invited. <laughs> I was not invited. I didn't. You fail. were in private school. Well, Don't shush, even. Shush, shush, shush. <laughs> Uh, a little bit of flavor text here. An Oblex wants memories, but not to serve any end of its own making. Oblexes are hungry for memories and personalities because they are empty without such nourishment. 
In this way, they serve their creators, the Illithids. An Oblex is in the range of an elder's brain powers, provided everything is... Excuse me. An Oblex in the range of an elder brain's power provides everything necessary for the Mind Flayer to find choice victims. I... Morna Kanan's handwriting's a little rough sometimes. It's very fancy. It's very fancy. It's very artistic with it. It's very pixelated. Some of us haven't had to worry about reading cursive since they taught us how to write in cursive. Some of us still write in cursive. I don't know what's wrong with you. (laughs) He really does. We type everything. Who writes anymore, first off? Well, okay, yeah. When I do write, it is cursive. Gross. He's a monster. (laughs) Um. Alright, tell us about this stat block. Alright, stat block. Let's go with the elder. So, like the the adult and the elder have like the same stats or it the same doubled. abilities. It just like is greatly increased on the elder. So, uh, an elder oblex is a huge ooze uh, that's lawful evil. It has an armor class of sixteen, hit points of one hundred and fifteen, or ten d twelve plus fifty, and a speed of only twenty feet. He's got a plus two to strength, a plus three to dex, a plus five to con, a plus six to intelligence, a plus one to wisdom, and a plus four to charisma. Charismatic for an ooze. For an ooze. Yeah, well, also, plus six to intelligence seems pretty brainy for an ooze, too. I mean, their whole thing is brain stuff, so. Fair. Mm-hmm. Um... Uh, saving throws, there's an intelligence plus 10 and a charisma of plus 8. Uh, skills, is arcana plus 10, a deception plus 8, a history plus 10, a nature plus 10, a perception plus 5, and religion plus 10. Uh, conditional immunities, it's immune to being blinded, charmed, deafened, exhaustion, and pr- being prone. Because I can't knock the ooze prone. Uh, it has blind sight up to 60 feet and is blind beyond that distance, is a passive perception of 15, and it can speak common plus six more languages. So this guy's a challenge rating of 10. He gon' you up. He's a beast, yeah. Which the adult is only a challenge rating of five, if I remember correctly. Yep. So he's he's like, does all the same stuff, just like half as much. Yeah, yeah. Um, the adult has a like a minus one to strength as opposed to a plus two so <laughs> like i mean i don't think strength is really his deal no but I, as just like a comparison right yeah 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 he's only got plus one to wisdom right and a plus four to, to intelligence. intelligence versus a plus six yeah so. cool so, so some abilities. Amorphous, the Oblix can move through a space as narrow as one inch wide without squeezing. Despite being huge. Well, it oozy. Oozy. Uh, it has an aversion to fire. If the Oblix takes fire damage, it has disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks until the end of its next turn. It has innate spellcasting. 
this Oblex's innate spellcasting ability is intelligence with a spell save of DC 18. It can innately cast the following spells requiring no components. So at will, it can do charm person at a fifth level. It can do detect thoughts and hold person. And then three times a day each, it can cast Confusion, Dimensional Door, Dominate Person, Fear, Hallucinatory Terrain, Hold Monster, Hypnotic Pattern, and Telekinesis. That's insane. That's a lot of spells. So three times a day. It can cast fifth level Charmed Person like as much as it wants. All the time. Just all the time. Which is a reminder, Charm Person is not concentration. You can just be like, the bar loves me. That's wild. And fifth level spell, fifth level lets you do how many people? Five. Five? So, like a whole party. And a DC saving of 18. So, Uh you've got a... You That's, really gotta oh, do good. Man. My paladin dwarf could not pass that. Well, I, it's also a challenge rating of 10, and your dwarf's like a level 3. Fair. <laughs> That's still very high, though. Yeah. Alright, it has the ability Sulfurous Impersonation. As a bonus action, the Oblix can extrude a piece of itself that assumes the appearance of one medium or smaller creature whose memories it has stolen. This simulcrum appears, feels, and sounds exactly like the creature it impersonates, though it smells faintly of sulfur. The Oblix can impersonate 2d6 plus 1 different creatures. So that's up to 13 for those counting at home. That's a lot. Different creatures, each one tethered to its body by a strand of slime that can extend up to 120 feet away. For all practical purposes, the simulcrum is the oblex, meaning the oblex occupies its space and the simulcrum, simulcrum space simultaneously. Simulacrum. The, not according to Google. <laughs> the slimy tether is immune to damage, but it is severed if there is no opening at least one inch wide between the oblex's main body and the simulcrum. The simulacrum disappears if the tether is severed. It's definitely simulacrum. <laughs> You're leaving out a letter, but whatever. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna enter it into Google so that we can hear it. Actually, for those listening at home, I don't I don't know I don't think this audio will actually play. Oh, simulacrum! All right, I was wrong. we were both wrong. We were okay. all wrong together. But some of us were more wrong than others. Only one of us had to say it. (laughs) Multiple times. Okay, fair enough. So if you hit these fancy simulacrums, simulacrums, then you're also hitting the oblex, I guess. Is that what that means? Yes. Because they are tethered together. They are the same. Because they don't have, uh, since they don't have their own stat blocks, they are all the same. My slime yeah. is your slime. Mm-hmm. His it's, slime is his slime. He's it's all his slime. It's all He's all slime. Us, we. Or I'm I'm sure it speaks to itself in the third person in multiple third person. I mean, it knows seven languages, so we spent so long by ourselves, we started talking to ourselves. Yeah, we did. I mean, we absorb we absorbed a thousand different people and became a thousand different personalities in one. Okay. Can we just continue the entire episode talking like this? Oh, God, no. <laughs> we are all. 
So, for actions, he gets a multi-attack. The Elder Oblex makes two pseudopod attacks and uses Eat Memories. Uh, the pseudopod is a melee attack of plus seven to hit, a reach of ten feet, with uh, one target. On a hit, it does 46 plus three bludgeoning damage, plus 2d6 psychic damage. Ouch. So, it's doing, what is that? Minimal um 46 so plus three so at minimum that's seven there plus another two is nine just like with the worst roll possible is nine damage right off the bat uh eat memories the oblex targets one creature it can see within five feet of it the target must succeed on a dc 18 wisdom saving throw or take eight d10 psychic damage Eight D10 psychic damage and become memory drained until it finishes a short or long rest, or until it benefits from the greater restoration or heal spell. Constructs, oozes, plants, and undead succeed on the save automatically. While memories drained, while memory drained, the target must roll a D4 and subtract the number rolled from any ability check or attack roll it makes. Each time the target is memory drained beyond the first time, the die size increases by one, so that d4 roll becomes a d6, a d6 becomes a d8, and so on, until the die becomes a d20, at which part point the target becomes unconscious for an hour, uh, and then the effect ends. When an oblex causes a target to become memory drained, the oblex learns all the languages of that target, that the target knows and gains all its proficiencies except any saving throw proficiencies. So it does two pseudopod attacks and that eat memories. Yeah, it does. Every turn. It can, yes. Zach is really loves this monster, guys. He, I his do. face is, he looks so happy right now. <laughs> He's just looking for a crew to inflict it upon. A little bit, yeah. So I actually thought, based off the description a friend gave me of our last D&D session that I was absent for, this is the monster I thought we were going to be fighting, like a smaller version of it, because we're level four. So not the elder one, that's for sure. But Just an adult one? Yeah, just an adult. That would probably be all right. So it's like, oh, I'll just read this based off the description I was given. I was wrong. So I, it was some type of zombie. So either way, I was wrong. But um, this is this is some fun stuff. So let's let's get into this creature's habits already. So if we read the last part of the actions for Eat Memories, once it is drained once, it has the knowledge, the skills, minus the saving throws, right? So it doesn't really need anything. It already has all the memories and information it needs. It's full it can probably bounce, right? So I can see this thing as easily luring things that are 120 feet away and just be like, hey, 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 c- come here. I need to talk to you. And then <laughs> yeah. if they can't deceive them into following them, then they will uh, just um, charm them and take them anyways, right? And I think mm-hmm. charming them is an easy way to be like, shh, 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 don't look at the tentacle on the ground. No, 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 no. You don't see the tentacle. Because one thing I don't like about this is it doesn't describe the ability to spot the tentacle. Yeah. I'm guessing it's... You would think a perception check. check. Yeah. I'm guessing just to save mass, this thing is probably putting like a very, very thin line out that's still visible. But it cannot be damaged. It just has to be like... But it said, I mean, 
a one inch opening. Like there has to be at least a one inch opening. Yeah. Which in my mind would mean a one inch tall thing of ooze. Possibly. It just could well, that, get through that. It so has small. to be one inch for the entire monster, not yeah. specifically the tentacle. Ah. So what Well, but it says it's cut off if there's no opening greater than an inch. To that ah. space. Yes. So, and I think it would be able to slightly maneuver itself out of the way. I, I would like to see why that statistics was let out. Like, why can't I spot it? Um, one of the things that kind of gives it away is the fact that it smells of sulfur by the sulfurous impersonation. And then the other thing I think is interesting is it has a speed of 20 feet. The simulacrums or simulacrums also have a speed of 20 feet, which isn't common for characters so they just kind of lollygag as they're like time to take you to your death and eat your memories yeah <laughs> i'd be like why are you walking so slow man no. but if you turn the, the them... bar t- the the bartender he's eaten stays behind the bar <laughs> yeah exactly so I-, I can see this creature being very intelligent which i mean it has an intelligence of plus six it's smart uh, I play dumber characters, um, so it's doing that and trying to lure creatures, lure creatures, lure creatures, putting them in the bathroom. It's luring creatures. Oh, you meant in D and D? Yeah, it's luring creatures into <laughs> uh-huh, uh, into <laughs> locations that it can feast on them and then send them on their way. Um, I would like to say that because eat memories requires them to fail the save or take damage. That means that if they pass the save and they're charmed, the charm doesn't end. Mm. So Damn. they don't take damage, the charm never ends. So they're still your friend as this creature's trying to eat memories. It also states that because they get two pseudopod attacks, they don't necessarily have to use those on the creature they're eating, right? So they could technically right. well, be they... tackling the other party members while this group is doing this. Well, because they have they up to, to 13... Yes. Up to thirteen other some some simulacrums. Yeah, the concern uh, yeah. is with those is that that's thirteen things that could be hit by other party members. Yep, and that's true. I don't that's see true. this creature throwing everything at once. I see it playing a slow, no. long con, drawing right. people in. Um, I also think with that high of an intelligence score, it's gonna have a backup plan. Like if it's a one meter thing, maybe it's like hiding out in a closet or whatever, and it's been feasting or something. It's an elder. It's not in the closet. It has the huge size modification, so it's pretty big. But maybe it's in a basement in like this old He's village. Come out of the closet. Yeah, and it's, it's a gay ooze. Um, so <laughs> maybe ooze. it's been it's been sitting in a basement. And it's snuck in through the sewers underground. But because there's a space small enough that it can squeeze through, if it's in danger, it's going right through that crack back into the sewers. So you right, can give this right. smart creature an exit strategy. Or maybe it just squeezes under a locked door, which is an opportunity for it to get away while the party has to take a round just to unlock a door. And if they don't have a rope, tough titties. So I think the way its spells are kind of listed here, I could say... The question is whether it's using detect thoughts to like think, see what people are thinking, or whether they're smart enough to really feast upon as its option. Charm person, you know what it's going to do that for. It's going to charm people to do what it wants and get them away from their party so that it can consume them. Um, and they move <laughs> charm charm somebody that moves faster than twenty feet. Yeah. So uh, yeah, a little bit faster. Um, 
the whole person I see is an opportunity to kind of defend itself. If shit's hit the fan and the party's like, ooh, that slow-moving simulacrum of a human is running away from me, I'm going to take a few shots on it before it gets away, then they have the opportunity to kind of stall them a little bit and maybe prevent themselves from taking too much damage. Um, it is at will, and it's not casted higher, so that's one person, but it is concentration. Um I like this one. Confusion completely disables a party. Dimension door, extra backup plan to teleport out of the way. Dominate person, really good if you're trying to keep one person from attacking a party. Or that's something you use on the dumb, dumb barbarian or fighter. No offense to those PCs. Um, that is where you <laughs> use them to attack the party because you're like, hey, I'm not dealing with you right now. That's how they escape. This is a creature that once it gets a meal, it's not sticking around. It will try it somewhere else where people are less aware of what it's going to do. Fear, hallucinatory terrain, all of these things are really going to be used to kind of hide itself or uh, kind of trick people into stop following it. Same thing for hold monster hypnotic pattern. Telekinesis is probably going to be the interesting one to be used here. Um, so the spell for telekinesis is pretty interesting. Uh, you gain the ability to manipulate creatures or objects by thought. When you cast the spell as your action each round for the duration, you can exert your will on a creature or object that you can see within range, causing the appropriate effect below. You can affect the same target round after round. You choose not one a new one every time. If you switch targets, the prior targets are no longer affected by the spell. So it's very specific what you can do. Now, keep in mind, it says that you can see. These creatures only have blind sight for 60 feet. Can't see beyond that mm. distance. So if you, as a player are 60 feet away like a rogue or a ranger taking pot shots from a distance a rogue wouldn't do that the range on the dagger 60 feet but doing that stuff you're you're in range in 60 feet otherwise they can't see you and they don't know how to attack you and a pseudopod has a reach of 10 feet so it's going to be hard for it to hit it um uh they make a strength check if you're affecting a creature with a dc of 18 that's a hard mm. strength check mm. If you win the contest, you move the creature up to 30 feet in any direction, including upwards, but not beyond the range of the spell. Until the end of your turn, the creature is restrained by your telekinetic grip. That's awesome. You can eliminate another creature that way. Also, if you take something and pick it up 30 feet, it takes 1d6 damage as a 3d6 damage as a fall. Cool. Just just some some extra fun, fun yeah. in there you can also hold oh, it and, yeah. and 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 then we mentioned that this thing was created by the mind flayers another another favorite of Zach's, which uh we we covered or or it was covered on episode seven, seven of this yeah. podcast so, so it's it's been a minute it's been a bit yeah um i will say if you're listening to this and you're a player and you come across this and you're not metagaming like an asshole uh, and you don't know what this creature is, uh, keep in mind the aversion to fire. It gets disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks if it is hit with fire. So that's your chance to kind of... And that's all three variants of it. All that's three variants do not like fire. Adult. Yeah, it's interesting that it doesn't do extra damage. They just don't like it. <laughs> yep. They don't like it at all. Um, so they they can't... It doesn't hurt them, but it does definitely um, does. knock them down a bit. I mean, you can hit them yeah. with fire. It still does normal damage. They are not, uh, um, what's the Resistant. word? Resistant or gives immune. half. Immune gives none. What's the word? Mm -hmm. Vulnerable. Vulnerable doubles it. Vulnerable. Vulnerable. So uh, that's a good way to do it. They are 
plus eight to deception. They're really good at lying. I see that's the first goal. Don't waste your spells. Although if I was, if I had the abilities of this ooze, I would definitely be throwing charm purse around. I would be the most like sulfur smelling asshole in the yeah. village. And charm, that's charm, yeah. charm, 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 charm. Everybody. <laughs> so yeah, lots Something of charms. Like yeah. I don't remember that song. I, well, I do. All right. So um, <laughs> now the question then also is, is this creature one memory drained? That means they lose their memories, right? You need a greater restoration or a heal spell to do that. Those are pretty high level spells to use. Right. You well, you're level. not going to be fighting this thing at a low level. No, no, I wouldn't think. Now, like CR ten. Well, CR that's the same. Uh, greater restoration and heal are also required for the adult version. Ah, so that's a CR five. See where I'm getting? Right. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Right. So if they fail, they have no memories and don't know what they're supposed to be doing. And then if you keep hitting them, they fall unconscious. Again, I would say the Oblix gets what it wants. It doesn't have to do it more than once, and it can move on and not get caught. Yeah, I didn't notice any, like, bonus for the Oblix for getting to do it multiple times. Like, yeah, the the one enemy, it's worse off for them every time, but it's not like the Oblix gets anything else out of hitting again. With the consume memories or the eat memories thing? With the memory drain. I would say no. I mean, the only thing I can think of is if you're going to eat somebody's memories and then you want to impersonate them, maybe hear me out on this one if you're fast enough as an ob- oblex and you can walk around pretty quickly or 20 feet or per round you might be able to use that to impersonate that person as the other one is unconscious otherwise if they're low enough or weak enough one pseudopod is enough to kill any commoner party's going to be a little harder right so you just kind of wallop them right. to death and then they're dead and now you can assume their shape so the question is, are they going to do that through eating memories, which does 44 damage at a time? You're probably a little faster to knock somebody unconscious. That's the average, by the way. The maximum right. is 80 damage. Yep, yep. Night, night. So Yeah, yeah. So I, you got to be a pretty bulky. You need to be a barbarian, dude. but you're you're definitely failing that wisdom save, if I had to guess. So, yeah. <laughs> I think you do have to think of it as it's intelligent enough to know that one meal's good, but it's not going to waste its time on something low intelligence, right? Like, it wants a wizard. It wants a smarter creature. It's not going to be like, well, dumbass with the axe over here is going to be good, but it'll probably try to get another snack if it gets the barbarian or the fighter. Right. So, yeah. What do we got for a magic item? All right. This week we have the Apparatus of Qualish. This is a wondrous item. Uh, It is, I guess the rarity is legendary. That's what that refers to, right? Um, So, this item first appears to be a large sealed iron barrel weighing 500 pounds. The barrel has a hidden catch, which can be found with the successful DC-20 investigation check um and releasing this catch and locks a hatch at one end of the barrel allowing two medium or smaller creatures to crawl inside two levers are set in a row ten levers sorry are set in a row at the far end each in a neutral position able to move either up or down when certain levels are used the apparatus trans transforms into a giant lobster so this is a, <laughs> this is a lobster tank 
submarine. Tank is probably the best. Yeah. It's also a submarine because it can go in water. Um, this thing is insane and I love it. <laughs> um, the apparatus of Koalish is a large object with the following statistics. It has an armor class of 20, 200 hit points, a speed of 30 feet, and a swim speed of 30 feet if the legs and tails are extended, which we'll get to in a second. Um, and it is immune to poison and psychic damage. So it's a metal tent. Yeah, it's it's a vehicle that yeah it could also be a bomb shelter. I guess. Yeah. It can. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So to be used as a vehicle, the apparatus requires one pilot. While the hatch is closed, the compartment is airtight and watertight. The compartment holds enough air for ten hours of breathing, divided by the number of breathing creatures inside. It floats on water and can go underwater to a depth of 900 feet, but below that it takes 2d6 bludgeoning damage per minute due to pressure. Mm. And so, this thing has these 10 levers, and as an action, a creature in the compartment can move as many as two of the levers up or down. After each use, the lever goes back to neutral, um, and each lever from left to right has its own function, as described in the table that we're about to cover. Yeah, tables. Love tables. Okay, but actually it's really fun because you've got 10 levers and they all do different things. And to just like wander upon one of these and just see these levers and pull them and try to figure out what is happening, I think would be super fun. Assuming you can pass the DC 20 check to get inside of it. You're like, oh, this is just a barrel. I can't get in it. Oh, well. And you miss out on a lobster submarine robot thing. That would be devastating. (laughs) And uh, and as a DM, you don't you don't have to tell your player that would be funny as hell. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, now I'm just sad. (laughs) You gotta earn those legendary Um, items. Thank you. I mean, you do right. This is this is a very rare, (laughs) rare thing. Oh, is it is it very rare or legendary? It's legendary. Okay. I didn't know very rare was an actual classification. Uh-huh. I don't know. The we'll cover those for our tips for today. All <laughs> right. We always find a tip to cover. That's um, good at whipping them out. Yes. So for lever number one, each of these basically do the opposite. So if you move it up, the legs and the tail extend, which lets it walk and swim. And if you move it down, they retract. And so then it can't walk or swim. Um. Lever two, the forward window shutter opens, so I guess that lets you see outside, would be my guess. Um, And to close it, you move it down. Uh, Lever three opens the side windows. There are two per side. Lever four extends and retracts the claws. Uh, Level five, should you have the claws extended, it lets them make a... When you move it up, it makes a melee weapon attack of plus eight to hit with a reach of five on one target, and it does bludgeoning damage. If you move lever five downward, it also does a melee weapon attack, plus eight to hit and reach of five, but the target is grappled with a DC 15 to escape. So just like claw hammer versus claw grab. Yep. Up to bludgeon, down to grab. So it gets gropey. Um, I don't know if I, that's what I'd call giant metal claws would be gropey. 
Sure. I don't think that's... Level... Lever six will let it walk forward or backward um, if you have the legs and tail out. Uh, Lever seven makes it turn 90 degrees left or right. Lever eight turns the eye-like fixtures on to emit a bright light in a 30-foot radius and dim light for an additional 30 feet. You can pull that down to turn those back off in case you're trying to be incognito. Um, lever oh, nine dark. lets it sink or descend in this in liquid as much as 20 feet. And then lever, raising that lever, putting that lever down makes it rise back up. And then lever 10 unseals the hatch and closes the hatch. So those are the 10 levers of the apparatus of Kowalish. Yeah, you got is. two two smaller medium creatures in here, ten levers. So really, it's the apparatus of Quop. It's a, I mean, sort of that. Buttons. Quop, <laughs> you made me yeah, think each... of high school. Screw you. Yeah. <laughs> or was that? That might have been undergrad. I don't remember. Either way, no. Keep that to yourself. <laughs> you don't like you some Quop. Quop was hard. It so is hard. hard. Impossible, I swear. For those yeah, of you who well, are younger than 25. Yeah, Quop is a game <laughs> Just Google Quop. Yeah, you, Quop, which you have to spell, which is Q-W-O-P, not yep. how it's pronounced. A. Yeah. Yeah. Q, wait, what? Q-W-O-P. Yeah. Thomas was trying to figure out how you would pronounce yeah, it, Quop. spell it for now. So um, what you would do is you would control the legs at two different joints with Q-W and O-P, and you had to make a person run with ragdoll physics on. It was real rough, and it was very hard to do. And it's like, use these button commands to do it correctly, and you'd have to build up speed over time. You could try it. It's like Angry Birds, but you're just going to be mad at it. You... you you uh you google it it's the first result God, you can still play still there i will I... q and w control the thighs o and p control the calves it's insane i quit your guy's gonna fall over oh thomas didn't oh i hit my head and it measures how far <laughs> you run in the game so yeah yeah i got 0.4 mitres so i as in he fell on the first step yeah he did um, okay, so let's talk about our magic item and get away from Quop for a second. I think it's good. It's it's legendary. So let's actually get into our tip, or just the tips here, for how Please. magic items should be disseminated. Minus or, three. Wow. Uh, given to the group. Minus point three. Wow. You <laughs> fa- failed. Failed. Um, so the way... The DM's guide kind of established these. It's from page 135 of the DM's manual. Uh, this Oh, wait, wait. What? Apparatus of Kowalish is on page 151. I didn't say that. In the DM's guide, page 151. Sorry, continue. <laughs> Clean up on aisle 151. Clean up. on. <laughs> I'll put it in the notes of the show <laughs> you... as well. You guys couldn't see it, but I did, like, cut my hands around my mouth like I was making an announcement. A very important (laughs) announcement. So, um, item, magic item rarity, if you're doing generally, like, high magic games, uh, they are really to set the character level that someone should receive this magic item, as well as the value of that item. So, common items, which there are plenty items that fall under that um so a healing potion is a common item uh standard healing 2d4 plus 4 or 2d4 plus 2 is your common healing item that means it's not going to take a long time to get them 
An uncommon item would be like a plus one weapon. There's not just one in the world, but there's a few of them. And you might stumble across them naturally in the world, or by naturally, I mean you kill somebody for them. I don't know how natural that is. Take it from someone else. You take it. You loot a corpse. Um, Versus the uh, like legendary items, which are way high level. Like a first level party does not need a mobile lobster tank. That's not something (laughs) they should have. Unless even if they want one. (laughs) <laughs> says me so it also will technically dictate the price of the item and the power level of the item so if you were to look at a uh let's say a common item characters of first or higher can have this item uh it should be in a price between 50 to 100 gp so that gives you an idea of how much you're selling it for by default most magic or the player's handbook says a healing potion is 50 gold pieces to start off with uh uncommon 101 to 500 gold pieces uh this is first level or higher as well i usually cap rare items to fifth level or higher that's normally when i'm like oh the party's kind of earned it they can get it if we start at a fifth level and let's say i'm doing like a one-off with players who are new and i'm just like hey let's not start at one it's very boring to me you're level five now look at you (laughs) with your third level spells uh and then you give them a magic item to play with generally uncommon or rare at that point those can range from 501 to 5,000 gold pieces. They can get pretty expensive. It's going to hurt mm-hmm. when you hear very rare is for 11th or higher, and that's 5,001 to 50,000 gold pieces. So if you had to guess, what do you think the starting price is for a legendary apparatus of Qualish? One million That's dollars. excessive. Uh, it could be. It technically <laughs> says 50,000 and one plus gp so it could be a million if you hate everyone it's just on display well i don't expect them to buy it they just have to find it you could have them buy it like maybe they cross an artificer's guild that has it on display and like you know there's always those things that you get at like a uh oh here's a dumb idea to have your players throw away money, which seems to be a problem in some games, like, yeah, they get a lot of money and rewards. Cost of living in D&D isn't super expensive. Cost of goods for an adventure is pretty high. I think there should be the equivalent to gambling slash Chuck E. Cheese's for D&D players where they can go in and if they get enough tickets, they can get the apparatus of oh but they have to actually be decent at the game they have to score or, well on the sc- or realize that the that it's rigged against that the game them. is yeah. a- and then that'll probably end yeah. up with them trying to steal it which clearly you'd have some stuff like this kind of reminds mm-hmm. me of the episode the taking of fun time or whatever from uh bob's burgers where the kids try to steal a dune buggy thomas and i are staring i know quick. watch television you losers uh <laughs> Too busy doing things. I do things, but sometimes I sit and watch television while I do things. Either way, it was like... Thomas can't do things and watch TV. It's a no-go. Well, it's a, <laughs> no good. It's a rip-off of Ocean's Eleven. So if you know the concept of that, yeah, you, you lie them ah, and think yeah. you're taking there something we go. bigger. It's an Ocean's Eleven knockoff. But they are looking yes. to try to get a dune buggy. And so that's the thing you could try to give them. And I think this would be a fun one-off is like they're high level players and you just throw stupid skills. Like I want to see 
a ranger lose their mind playing a crane game so bad right now. <laughs> but with that sorted out, magic item rarity is to set the price and the level of the, uh, the players can get it. Anything above that is probably not something they should have. Uh, this is actually broken down a little further into Xanathar's Guide uh, to Everything. Uh, there's awarding magic items table. I won't go over it, but it kind of gives you an idea of how many of those magic items they have. Um, it, it's kind of price-based common items. If they have the money, they should be able to find it, um, with exceptions of supply issues. So as a person living in the world today, supply issues fucking suck. And I like to blame yeah. that on <laughs> And make more. the cost go up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, prices, they're double, unless you can wiggle your way down or get a friend's discount or a five-finger discount. As a person who's currently suffering from the global helium shortage, supply chain fucking sucks. I got balloons to fill. I'm just kidding. I am a party clown. Though. He's got he's he's got he's got a voice to raise. Listen to him. Hello. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's why we have that a global voice. Shortage. Actually, ticked off my dog. Quiet, Cooper. Hush. <laughs> Apparently, high pitched voice high pitched voices bother him. Hush. <laughs> there's an intruder with that so okay. i was gonna say semi-related question that i probably know the answer to but i'm bringing up anyway looking at these list of magic items there seem to be labeled armor weapon or like this item wondrous item what does that i mean i'm assuming these are just like classifications but does that mean anything specific um so some of those will say they have to be on specific items like there's a fire sword in there that just has to be on a type of sword um i don't remember what a wondrous item is off the top of my head which is bad on my part sorry dms of the world i'm sure you're screaming in your car going that's what you mean um all three of them so essentially wondrous items is anything that falls outside there's like 60 of them thank you um <laughs> wow wondrous item is the catch-all category for anything that doesn't fall into the other groups anyone can use a wondrous item unless specified otherwise in the description so it could be kind of a rarity of when they're going to find it um there's some uh questions on that uh apparently on this website from however old it is the apparatus of qualish was just called the apparatus of the crab and it has the same table yeah. as yours yep uh, bags of holding are technically wondrous items. I mean, almost everything in here I'm looking at is a wondrous item, unless it is an armor or a weapon. I have not seen any of anything aside from those three labels. Yes. On a quick flip through. Um, cool. I will say, and we'll wrap this podcast up on a dumb story of what I have done. Um, so <laughs> excellent over the weekend, which if you guys are listening to this podcast and it's not released on a Sunday, which I guarantee you it won't, because it's not Sunday as we're recording this, and I do plan on getting it out. Um, I happen to be at home this weekend with my dog on the couch, and he's playing with a Kong that has kind of a... It's like a little rubber dildo with like bulbous. two bulbous <laughs> balls on the end of it. And so we yep. like mess with him and call him... The, it's longer than he is. It's the double-ended dildo is what it's called in my house. And so I was sitting here. He's the only one that lives in this I'm the house, only one so who lives here, but my friends are aware of it, too. And my family goes like, oh, stop, okay. <laughs> give, stop giving your dog the dildo. I was like, it's, I'm sorry. He loves it. He wants, he it. wants it. He wants it. Lubricated. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> mm, ask first. Uh, I bet he wants it dry. I'm, he slobbers all over. He's putting lube on it himself. So I broke my vacuum recently. 
And I was like, damn, that sucks. And I had taken it apart, tried to fix it in my bedroom. And I was sitting in here watching television, playing with the dog. And there's a bunch of stuff in my house. There's like a ceramic hippo and all sorts of stuff that are pretty heavy in my home. Long story short on the hippo. I'm not going to go over it. But I hear <laughs> something fall in my bedroom, which has a sliding door. I was like, oh, shit. Someone just broke into my house at 9 o'clock on a Saturday. Uh, so in panic, the first thing I grab is the double into dildo. And instead of <laughs> flight, which is probably the smartest option in most cases, I grab this, hop off my couch, look at Cooper and say, stay here, which of course he doesn't do. And I open the door, ready to dildo someone to death. And it was my vacuum. It fell over. It just fell down. And I was just like, oh. Well, I guess my heart rate spiked, and I now know that in a fight-or-flight response, I'm dildoing somebody. <laughs> so I now present to you, if you're listening Man. to this podcast and you want to come up with a fun magic item, um, come up with a double-ended dildo. It seems to be a great defensive weapon. Just saying it. I would love to see. Send that to Adrian on Instagram and or Twitter. But oh, nothing wow. inappropriate, Thanks. nothing nasty. I know who plays D and D. Sometimes there was a three point five book of just erotica, and we don't talk about it. <laughs> it was nasty. It's, I it's, bet it was. It's, it's it's all these people playing Loodle out here. Loodle. Right? I I learn I don't know enough curse words or dirty words. For that <laughs> Southern words are not on the list. So with that, um, let's wrap this bad boy up because it's fifty minutes long already, which I'm sure we'll edit that down. But do you guys have anything you want to say about D and D? D and D is fun. Play it sometime. <laughs> Play it sometime. <laughs> oh, that's that's Thanks. a great pitch. All right, everybody, say bye. 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 Oh shit, we're back. Um, so um, <laughs> as I mentioned, we have Twitter and Instagram. You can check us out there. Adrian's handling that well. Um, you can follow us there. You can follow us on your podcatcher of choice. Feel free to leave a review um, on Apple or wherever you get your podcast. Um, if you have any questions, reach out to us. If you have any recommendations for animals or magic items or anything, let us know. And with that, we do monsters here, but yeah. animals, okay. animals, creatures. Maybe I, <laughs> recommend me an animal. Somebody should just be like, I like right. giraffes. We're covering a horse next <laughs> week. Yeah. If you don't have a small yeah. Shetland pony in your house when we record next time, I will be mad. I just want to. Oh, I gotta go all the way to Texas to get it. I'm sure you could find one somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. I hear Indiana has right. some. <laughs> That's a Parks and Rec what? joke for anybody yep. who knows about <laughs> Little Sebastian. Uh, May he rest yeah, in peace. Yeah, I did. Tom, like, Thomas hates Park and Rec. Just Thomas to, doesn't watch television. If anyone else, Thomas doesn't watch TV. It's fine. It's fine. Send, all right. send me all your best D and D memes too. We'll share good ones out on the out on the feed too. Yeah, we love some D and D memes. With that, all right, guys. Bye for real. For real this time. Bye, Bye. for real. <laughs>